Chapter 3 of Neither Here Nor There. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Eleanor, Kalamazoo, Michigan. Neither Here Nor There by Oliver Herford. Chapter 3 Concerning Revolving Doors. There has been some discussion of late as to the etiquette of the revolving door. When a man, accompanied by a woman, is about to be revolved in it, which should go first? Some think the man should precede the woman, furnishing the motive power, while she follows idly in the next compartment. Others hold that the rule, ladies first, can have no exception. Therefore, the man must stand aside and let the female of his species do the rough work of starting the door's revolution, while the man coming after keeps it going and stops it at the right moment. Starting something is perhaps, of all pastimes in the world, the one most popular with the sex we are accustomed to call the gentle sex. One might almost say that starting something is woman's prerogative. On the other hand, there is nothing on earth so abhorrent to that same gentle sex as the thing called consistency. And though she may be perfectly charmed to start a revolution in South America, or in silk pajamas, or suffrage, or the rearing of children, it does not follow that she will take kindly to the idea of starting the revolution of a revolving door. As for the rule, ladies first, its application to the etiquette of doors in general, as distinguished from the revolving variety, is purely a matter of geography. In some European countries it is the custom, when entering a room, for the man to precede the woman, and if it be a closed street or office door, the man will open it, and following the door inward, hold the door open while she passes in. If the door opens outward, the woman naturally enters first, since her companion must remain outside to hold the door open. The American rule, compelling the woman to precede her escort when entering a room or building, doubtless originated with our ancestor, the caveman. On returning to his apartment with his wife after a hunting expedition, Mr. Harry K. Stonax would say with a persuasive Neolithic smile and a gentle shove, "'After you, my dear,' being rewarded for his politeness by advance information as to whether there were megatheriums or loxilophodons or an ambuscade of jealous rivals lurking in the darkness of his stone-upholstered sitting-room. By all means, let the lady go first. By so doing, we pay the homage that is due to her sex, and even though there are no megatheriums of loxilophodons in these days, there may be burglars." Only in the case of a door that must be opened inwards would I suggest an amendment. What more lamentable sight than that of a gentle lady squeezing precariously through a half-open door, while her escort, determined that though they both perish in the attempt, she shall go first, reaches awkwardly past her shoulder in the frantic endeavor to push back the heavy self-closing door, while at the same time contorting the rest of his person into the smallest possible compass that she may have room to pass without disaster to her ninety-dollar hat, not to speak of her elbows and shins. How much happier, and happiness is the mainspring of etiquette. They would be the same pair if, with a possible allow me to calm her fears, the escort should push boldly the door to its widest openness, and holding it thus with one hand behind his back, with the other press his already removed hat against his heart, as the lady gratefully and unruffled sweeps majestically by. End of chapter 3